Your Big Sis, the podcast dedicated to empowering you on your way towards self-confidence, healing, and discovering the authentic love within yourself. Here, I hope I can help you learn to embrace your uniqueness, heal from past wounds, and ultimately find your inner cheerleader. I'm your host, Sonia Patel. Let's get into it. Happy freaking Tuesday and welcome back besties. This is the first time I'm recording an episode without my girl Neha, but I'm feeling good and I'm on my third cup of coffee for the morning. So I'm pumped with caffeine and excitement for today's episode. You already know I couldn't start this new rebrand without discussing the entire reason I'm even doing this, which is to bring self-confidence to every single person out there. I want you to listen to this episode and feel number one, that I'm rooting for you. Even if I don't know you personally, that I'm rooting for you, that I'll always be your hype girl and that the things we go over today, you implement in your daily life. So you can get the mindset of truly loving yourself. I'm not even going to give you the fluff. I'm just going to dive into the first step into gaining self-confidence, which is the most important step, self-awareness. A confident woman, she knows herself well. She knows her strengths, her weaknesses, values, and passions. She's comfortable with who she is, and she doesn't feel the need to pretend to be somebody else. And before you even say it, it's essential to remember that confidence is not really a fixed trait or something that you were born with. It can develop over time with practice and self-reflection, lots and lots of therapy, and really just having the willingness to grow. If you knew me growing up, I may have come off as a very confident person, but honestly, I didn't really like myself. I was just good at putting on a show and making people laugh. I also didn't really know how to bridge my values to my actions. Um, I sure as hell picked apart everything about me physically. It wasn't until having genuine conversations with my sisters and friends and my therapist who made me realize, yes, I've always struggled with asking for what I want. And in return, I felt that people always stepped on me, that I get my stubbornness from my dad, but I'm learning to approach conflict in a different way. I've started and failed at so many things so many times, but now I realize those things just weren't really meant for me. But what I do know is that I am a really great friend. I show love in unique ways and that I'm really, really proud to continue to stand up with a smile after feeling beaten down so many times. So you have to take a step back and applaud yourself for your strengths and also look at your weakness as a stepping stool. If I learn how to build on those weaker traits and want to grow, then babe, you're winning because the people that are stuck in the mindset of, well, that's just the way I was raised and I don't see why I have to change. Those are the ones that'll constantly feel stuck and never be internally happy. I I could literally write a book over that, but I'll move on. The next is positive self-image. You have to have a healthy and positive view about yourself, both physically and emotionally. Babe, Everybody has insecurities, and the sooner you realize that, the sooner you can go about your life not worrying about what the hell other people think. I'm always down to expose mine, and so I'll go first. I grew boobs in the third grade, and for being such a small and petite body, I these boobs grew faster than the rest of my body, which stretched my skin, and I have stretch marks. 
I haven't even had a freaking child and I have these. It's something that I've just always been so insecure about. That's why I don't really love to wear super revealing tops. And I normally choose swim tops that cover my boobs to like, you know, all over. But I, up until now, where stretch marks were, they're now looked at as tiger stripes and they're being praised. I wanted to hide them and now I could really care less. I'm choosing to focus on myself and what I have and not tear myself down because I was tired of being negative. There's always women saying, oh, I wish I had your boobs. I have nothing. Or man, you got that booty. I wish I could grow mine. So moral of this story is that we always want what others have. Learn to look at your flaws as something to be proud of because there's probably somebody out there wishing that they had your lips or you have such thick hair and oh my gosh, the list could go on forever. You have to believe that the body that you have is incredible, especially if you're a woman. If you're a mom, freaking kudos to you because I say this over and over again. If you're a mom, you're a rock star. What the human body goes through is is unreal. I can't even put that into words. And thinking about even the simple things in life that we forget, are you able to physically get out of bed? Some people don't have that ability. Do you have cellulite? Girl, join the millions of women around the world, including myself, who are in the same boat. Own that shit. What good is it going to do for you if you're picking yourself apart? Or what message does it send to your children or younger ones around you who look up to you and they're watching you degrade everything that they never even noticed to begin with? You are beautiful, flaws and all, babe. So if you need that reminder, that's what I'm here for. If you haven't gathered this by now, my favorite hobby is to hype up my people, which brings me to my next point, resilience. Confident women can handle setbacks and failures with grace, point blank, period. Erase everything you've done till now, and I want you to go forward in life saying this, this too shall pass. These four little words automatically put you in the position to view challenges as opportunities for growth and to not easily be discouraged by obstacles. I'm not saying you have to be fucking positive poly when life gets really, really hard. I'm saying that even when you're in the thick of it, remember this too shall pass. And right now I bet you can all think of a time where you didn't know how you were going to make it through, but look at you, you're here. And I remember sitting on my bed in high school freaking out because it was spring semester. I still hadn't gotten into any colleges yet, but I really couldn't picture the next chapter of my life. Like I couldn't visualize me being in college in organizations and just enjoying life. But then boom, I had the best five years in college. And then while I was in college, my senior year around the same time, Uh, My dad and my grandpa passed away on the exact same day at different times. And I was like, how, how would I get through the, this hurt that I've never felt so heavily? Like it was the darkest time I've ever gone through. And I, the physical pain, number one, when you go through grief, especially when you lose a parent, but mentally just under a lot of pressure and stress and not knowing what my next chapter was. I think I applied to 150 jobs. I still hadn't gotten anything. I knew I was moving to Dallas, but I, my timeline was dwindling down. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And then 
boom, I got lucky and I got a job in my field, worked there for about two years and then made this stressful decision to, you know, come and move to Austin. So there was just so many different times where I didn't know how I would get through the thick of it. And look at me, I'm in a position where I talk about these things and it doesn't make me cry. And I get to share my experiences because I've seen how every single one of my struggles I was able to get through. Not without a shit ton of scrapes and bruises, but mama, we made it. I'm really an open book. I've also gained, you know, anxiety and depression along the way. But the bottom line is I knew I wanted to get better. So even though I still struggle with all of that on a much smaller scale now, I kept reminding myself how damn resilient I am. I'm the kind of person who has also journaled since I was in middle school. I think at that point, I was still like writing in my diary. So all my diaries and the things that I've written down, I hope nobody ever reads them because I was really going through it. And honestly, reading them back, they're sad as hell. But it reminds me that everything that I thought was so heavy at one point eventually got better. So enough about the past, let's get into something that you can also do right now and so easily, which is empowering and lifting each other up. Having true fucking confidence doesn't come at the expense of others. If you're really a confident queen, you will support and empower those around you. And I literally just had this conversation with two super sweet ladies the other day, and we were talking about how we aren't really sure where this sense of competition came from where other women feel the need to step on one another to get somewhere. Yes, I think competition drives us, and I think it can be really healthy sometimes. But what kind of person does it make you if you're constantly shitting on people around you? And I say this all the time, but I am worried about me and me only. You know why? Because the person next to me isn't me. They don't walk in my shoes. We don't have the same strengths or weaknesses. So what the fuck am I going to compare and tear you down when I literally have no idea what your life looks like? And there's 2 million podcasts out there. I could compare myself all day, but what is that really going to do for me? I'm not Jay Shetty, nor do I want to be. I want to be Sonia freaking Patel. So as long as I keep true to myself and my why of doing things, baby girl, I ain't worried about nothing else. And I love when people ask me for life advice um, where I got something or podcast advice because I'm not gatekeeping anything. I don't mind sharing my tools because I know that you're going to be doing something completely different with them. And if you try to copy me, cool, do it. I have my own style and I don't care to peek over and let what you're doing affect me. I am for the girls, babes. And I think that we could all benefit from lifting each other up and not tearing each other down because didn't you guys learn anything from the Barbie movie? In order to even have that mindset, I think you have to realize that you'll always be in a state of continuous learning. And what I mean by that is a confident woman is open to learning and improving herself. She'll also know that there's always room for growth, whether that's in your professional life or in your personal life. Someone that I met recently actually gave me a compliment and I don't think she realizes how much I valued it, but she sent me a picture of a Tony Robbins book she had gotten recently. And at one point in college, I was deep in self-help books because 
I thought that was the cure for everything. LOL. But I told her, Ooh, I love Tony Robbins. I also like Brene Brown. You should check her out. And she said she didn't know who that was. And you know, so many things in general, that's goals. And I was like, you know what? I actually do. And not in the know-it-all sense, but I genuinely am interested in a million different things. In college, my mom always told me that I am the jack of all trades and master of none, which I thought was a backhanded compliment until I actually looked up the quote and it says, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. And I remember being so mad at her because it felt like an insult at first, but now I appreciate that maybe I'm not good at one single thing, but I love learning new things um, and at least trying everything once. I'm, I'm proud of that, that I have that mindset. But I really, really cannot stand somebody who is narrow-minded. Even when it comes down to politics and religion, My boss at work always says, there's a million roads to get to Walmart. Find which one works for you. We have this one lifetime, at least, that we will remember living through. So don't be afraid to try new things. Or if you're curious about something, look into it. It sucks that if we want the answer to something, we can just use the internet and Google it. But it's also a really great tool because if I want to learn weird things, like the other day I looked up the life cycle of a cicada, you know, those noisy ass bugs that come out in the summertime. Maybe that's just a Southern thing, but I could give you an encyclopedia definition because the other day I spent 30 minutes watching videos about them. We have this big ass world, learn something new today or pick someone's brain about their perspective. It's actually more fun listening to others than it is talking. And that's coming from me. Some people might um, have trouble with this because this will bring me to my next point, which is that someone who is confident also embraces their vulnerability. And uh, oof, it took me a minute to realize this. I used to think that showing any kind of weakness or asking for help was really just going to be a burden. And uh, I wanted people to think that I was this macho girl who never got her feelings hurt, which in reality, in the year 2020, I think I cried almost every other day. And it's weird because I never thought any of my friends who were vulnerable, like with me, were ever weak. I didn't see it like that. So why was I so afraid to show any emotions? I also didn't want to be known as a crier. You know, when you go out to the bar with, you know, your girlfriends, there's always that one girl who ends up crying. Um, I also didn't want to be the girl that like guys looked at was weak or, you know, if I was over emotional and there's not really a big secret, I think, into being vulnerable, but a good place to start is by being honest with yourself. Once I started to acknowledge I was feeling this way because of this, I was able to pinpoint triggers or spaces that made me uncomfortable. And then I had to be honest with myself and say, okay, well, nobody can read my mind. So eventually I'm going to have to speak up and tell somebody this is what I'm feeling and why. And really, that was scary as hell. But Once I did that, it was just like word vomit to anyone and everyone. Now I don't shut up about how I feel. And it's cool because I think people feel really open. They feel like they can open up to me more. And I love that. And I love having deeper 
conversations and connections with somebody um, and letting them know it's okay to say how you really feel. But being vulnerable is also exhausting because I just want to shut off all my thoughts and not feel anything sometimes. I will lay in bed at night before bed and just wonder. I just worry and I'm a worry word sometimes. Um, and I'm thinking about X, Y, and Z. And so my mind doesn't shut off. And it's frustrating. It's a balance. I haven't exactly figured out yet. So if you have any insight on that, I would love to hear it. Being vulnerable has also gotten me closer and more realistic with setting and pursuing my goals. This might be a little cheesy, but I don't really care. I'm a visual person and I need to see something that drives me to a goal. So I wrote down all of my short and long-term goals on the back of a printer paper and used painter's tape to stick it to the back of my bedroom door. And I mean all goals, like podcast-related, work goals, fitness goals, literally everything in between. So when I wake up in the morning and I open my door, that's the first thing I see. Sometimes I ignore it and it doesn't hit me. And sometimes I feel more motivated than ever. I know every day isn't going to be some earth-shattering movement, but little by little, I'm motivated to work towards those goals. So find what works for you, whether that's writing them on a sticky note and putting it on your bathroom mirror or your fridge. Set a reminder on your phone to go off every day just for an extra little boost. You have to be your own cheerleader. Because not everyone is going to remember to root for you. And I mean that not on purpose. They're working towards their own goals, so you have to be able to motivate yourself. I think a lot of us get so caught up in, well, you know, I'm always there for this person, but this person's not really there for me or there when I need it. You have to, number one, vocalize that, but also remember that they are also working towards their shit. So don't you can't rely on other people. Sometimes you have to rely on yourself. The last bit of advice I will share for tapping into that self-confidence is the one I'm most passionate about. And that's standing up for yourself. A confident woman isn't afraid to speak up for herself or advocate for herself. So knowing your worth plays a huge part in this understanding that you deserve to be treated with respect, just like everybody else. Um, that makes your feelings valid. Sis, you work hard. You've been taking care of everybody else. It's time to take care of you. We did an entire episode before on setting boundaries, but I'll say it again. If something isn't sitting right with you, speak up. If you feel like you aren't getting paid properly in your workspace, speak up. That guy that you're talking to that has put you in this talking stage for six months but won't commit, babe, I've been through that. Speak up because life really is too short to waste your time being unhappy in whatever that is. You deserve better. You deserve a seat at the table. So when something ain't right and you're contemplating whether you should say something or not, remember me yelling at you to speak up. I want to end this episode on a high note. So I'll leave you with this. Self-confidence really sets the foundation on how you want to live your life. If you're living in the shadows, use these tips to bring your way out because everybody deserves to feel like they matter and that they belong here. I'm always rooting for you and we are just getting started. 
Have a great day, besties. I love you. Bye.